Hello humans. Hello humans. Let me get this settled. I'm on the road again and trying not to get myself or anybody else killed while I'm driving and trying to do this. Okay, uh, let's see. Okay, so today, this is a, um, an examination of the Naradime, another one of the Naradime investigations, and uh, we're going to discuss the Malthusians. Ooh, these are some evil fuckers. We also know them as um, the Mother Weffers, uh, the World Economic Forum. Bill Gates, all of their ilk, all those people that are part of that um, uh, cabal, all share a same uh, bent, a same paradigm, a same uh, view of reality that A is not valid, uh, except for their very, very, very narrow viewpoint, and B is... Um, uh, harmful to all of us guys. Uh. Okay, so um, Malthus was a uh, a guy who was a scientist way the fuck back when. Uh, you can go and look him up. He came up with uh, what's known as the Malthusian theorem, which is that there are limits to growth um, in any ecosystem. So this was a um, there was a big battle relatively uh, between people that were Malthusians and said, "Oh my God, we're gonna you know destroy the earth. We're gonna use up all of the plants. We're gonna drink all the water. That kind of thing." Uh, and this was way back. I mean, these guys have been working on this since, um, I'd have to say maybe at least the 1600s, okay? Uh, Malthus was later than that, but um, since the 1600s, we've had this view. Uh, we've had two opposing views. One of them would be uh, typified by um, the idea of uh, go forth, you know, multiply and create the world, right? Uh, so that would be the, the idea of growth. The other side of this is the cabal, where they say, um, you can only have so many humans on the planet or they can't eat. Now, bear in mind, all the humans on the planet can fit in the top part of Texas, all 8 billion of us, and we'd each have the same amount of room as a minimum security prison cell. <laughs> so we'd all have like 23 square feet or whatever it is. I did the calcs once and, and we fit almost uh, entirely uh, in the top half. We don't even get into the bottom half of Texas. Anyway, though, so uh, these people, the Malthusians, um, think, believe in their, in their paradigm. And they've put out a paradigm uh, to try and convince us they put out this narrative to try and convince us that their paradigm is in fact accurate. And uh, that you could actually have too many people on planet Earth. 
Anyway, we know this to be uh, false, that we subscribe to the idea of the biosphere in which it is universe's goal that we should take energy from the cosmos and convert it into mechanical energy, heat energy, and life energy and do things here on Earth. So, um, Malthusians came up with a concept that, that basically said uh, Earth is a closed system. And even if that were factual, which it is not, okay, so Earth isn't even a closed system, even if humans can't go out into space. That's because space still provides stuff to Earth on a continuous basis. So every day we get bombarded with X number of meteorites, or meteors, okay? The meteorites make it through the, uh, the burnout process, but nonetheless, that's a considerable amount of matter, of stuff that's burning up in the atmosphere, turning into new gases, bringing in some dust, all of this kind of thing. Plus, there's the, um, a, a big portion of those meteors are water-based. So we get a lot of water. They're, they're basically just big chunks of ice that come on in and, and uh, burn up and evaporate. But nonetheless, the molecules stay within the atmosphere. So we end up with Earth as a, uh, can't be considered to be a closed system unless you disregard the fact <laughs> that it's open and shit's pouring in from space on us all the damn time. But, the, but even disregarding that, okay, so even if it were a closed system and there was never any more input coming in, uh, we still have the input, not of matter, but of energy. And energy flows right through the planet in the form of these cosmic rays that uh, are so fast and so small and all of that that they just go right through you and you'll never even know it. They go right through the planet, but they get caught by the plasma ball that's in the middle of, of our planet. Now, plasma captures these cosmic rays and converts the energy uh, under a great deal of uh, pressure uh, into matter. And so we're constantly, albeit somewhat slowly, building matter on the planet as well. So anyway, the Malthusians, the Weffers, the World Economic Forum, uh, Bill Gates, you know, the city of London, the Rothschilds, all of these people think of Earth as a closed system. Now. They've polluted the, they, they think they control the system, but they've polluted the system by way of their naradime. Uh, part of their naradime in this closed system uh, idea is the idea that they need to maintain uh, their position, right? Their position of power. So we note that um, Carl, uh, Klaus Schwab, uh, all of these people, uh, Klaus Schwab, the uh, George Soros, uh, the majority of the World Economic Forum and the majority of what we call the elites think of themselves as Jewish. They think, in fact, that they're Jewish supremacists, that Jews should rule supreme and that they are Jews. Now, they have no genetic uh, component uh, connecting them to the tribe of Jacob. So they're not really Jews, right? They're they're just essentially regular white guys like anybody else. Um, 
and, uh, and but yet they have this mantle that you can't criticize them that they're from the house of Shem that you know so you're gonna be an anti-semite if you say these guys are some bad fuckers that sort of thing right and they form a mafia they're a clique uh, they're very close they've got um, instruction sets protocols that are throughout the Talmud which is 63 volumes it's a huge uh, amount of work it is not a in my opinion it is not a uh, what most people would consider to be a religious text uh, it's it's basically rules for having to uh, live on this planet and uh, try and take over the planet try and conquer it uh, while awaiting uh, their second coming the Messiah okay so now in the Talmud the Messiah is going to come back and enslave uh, everybody that's not a Jew and uh, so the Messiah is not a good guy right he's here to to promote Jewish uh, supremacy and the World Economic Forum is actively believing that this fellow is coming back uh, it's really confused there's a lot of guys that say no it'll be the first appearance of the Messiah and so they bitch and moan and argue among themselves but in general there are uh, there's this general expectation that a Messiah is going to come on back and put the Khazarians the World Economic Forum all these pretend Jews uh, on top of the planet and that they're going to be the uh, alpha dog and the rest of us are going to be their bitches so uh, that's what they're working for now there's another subtext that if you put the uh, the Zohar which is another uh, supposed religious text but in fact really is a very highly complex cosmology uh, derived from uh, the Elohim okay and this cosmology also includes some of the rules for living with the Elohim and basically the Old Testament so if you go read the Naked Bible Mauro Biglino uh, you can get it on Amazon I think there's Kindle editions and stuff uh, it will tell you what's actually in the Old Testament what's in the Torah now bear in mind there's five books of the Torah and six books of the Mishnah and that that um, uh, total uh, forms the uh, core of the um, uh, what we think of as the Jewish Bible also note by the way that that's why 11 is thought to be a lucky number for these guys okay 5 plus 6 is 11 in the in the Talmud there's all kinds of mathematics uh, all kinds of arithmetic okay not mathematics but arithmetic where they say certain numbers have certain meanings and so on and they add them all up this kind of thing uh, the gematria that that sort of um, an understanding of numeracy uh, anyway so uh, so 11 is um, is um, a lucky number for them because it's the five books of the Torah and the six books of the Mishnah but now let's also note something here okay guys hang on a second lots of trucks dangerous period okay so the Zohar the Mishnah and the Torah they don't speak of God they speak of the Elohim they all speak about these rules for not getting your ass killed by these space aliens that were coming down here and fucking with us about 6,000 years ago and they left about 4,000 years ago as near as I can tell so I'm a screwy fucker for a lot of different reasons um, I've pursued uh, religious studies all my life um, and so I've looked at almost every damn religion there is that I could find all right I'm certain there are cults and other 
uh, weird religions like Billy Myers' uh, space religion that he supposedly got from the Pleiadians that contacted him when he was 10 years old. Um, th those kind of things. I didn't look into those. He's got 50,000 words on written about uh, that screwy-ass religion, and it is a screwy-ass religion. So now, I've noted that you can go to any of these religions and associated texts. So, Aesop's Fables. Look at how many of the Aesop's Fables are actually talking about the Theoi, the, the gods, uh, the Anunnaki, the Elohim. Okay, all words for this, this same group of people. Um, so even Aesop's fables <laughs> have stuff in them related to uh, living with the space aliens that are walking all around and doing weird shit and have special powers and this kind of thing, right? That are not like us humans. And so, um, hang on a second here. Got to pull off the road for a minute. Anyway, um, so I've examined all of these religions, and I cannot find one that does not go down to a space alien of some form accepting uh, the Jain religion and the uh, Sikh religion, okay? In both cases, we have religions that have no corporeal god that's referenced. Okay. Coffee. Anyway, so uh, other than those two, I mean Buddhism as well, but Buddhism is kind of weird too, um, in its own way, because of the uh, reliance on the uh, supposedly non-corporeal, but nonetheless uh, looks or, or they act like a, a whole lot like the L and the Anunnaki and so on. So it's my understanding that it was one of the L that came and met Muhammad in the cave and gave him basically all of this stuff for the Quran. And that's why he accepts um, uh, the Jews and the Christians as being people of the book, right? Because his book and their book are basically the same book. And then there's all of the other uh, religions that were uh, modern in the sense of Mormonism, right? Which, is, which was... Um, uh, based on a flawed interpretation of a funerary uh, manifest <laughs> from Egypt, um, but and was was created a whole cloth. So I put Mormonism in the same class of religion as Billy Myers' space religion. That is to say, something that came up out of a single person's um, understanding and um, and mind. So as an instance, we see that the, nobody knows who wrote the Bible. Nobody knows actually how many books you should consider in the Bible. If we get back to the Torah and the Mishnah, there is a lot of Jewish religious books that are of, in my opinion, equal historical weight that are not included in those. And some of them are deliberately excluded, as we see in the Talmud and the, and the Zohar, that, such that um, you should not dispute the... the um, uh, illusion that has been crafted uh, within the other aspects of the Torah and the Mishnah. In other words, there are Jewish books out there where they go into um, Yahweh's wife and what Yahweh's wife was doing. And so they talk about uh, this guy, this Elohim, who was given all of the Jews to rule over by the head Elohim. 
and all of these Jews um, accepted Yahweh as their boss. He's one of the one of the El. He's one of the Elohim, and uh, he had a wife. Uh, and uh, so Mrs. Yahweh had a very prominent role, uh, but was left out of the Bible because God can't have a dick. You can't have a God up there that's that's got a dick and someone to fuck. Otherwise, you're talking about a corporeal being, and that's not a God. And so you don't get any kind of um, uh, transcendentalness arising out of the, the Torah if you... Um, uh, think of these beings as corporeal, right? Because at that point, since they are corporeal, they're just like us. They didn't create anything. They didn't create this planet. They didn't create you. So Yahweh is not your creator. So this is going to put, um, this is going to, uh, put a big kink in Christianity. As we go forward here, the more people learn about what's actually in the Old Testament and the New Testament, because you got to get into who Joseph was, who we call Jesus, and what Christ is, okay? So Christ means the anointed. Well, um, when the Elohim dealt with humans, they couldn't deal with us directly because they were very susceptible to bacteria. And so we had to be and fungus. And so they, we had to be, as humans, we had to be purified. And so there's all this stuff in all these religions where you deal with uh, the space aliens. So we see the same things in uh, Sumerian religions related to the Anunnaki, the Jewish religion, and we see the same thing in the Hindu religion where there's all this stuff about purification and cleansing and all of that. Well, it's all because we are, to the, to the space aliens, we're potential danger because we carry so many bacteria and stuff that they are susceptible to. And uh, so we've got to be anointed. We've got to be covered with very specific amounts of specific substances. So in the Bible, you see that um, um, the anointed people um, are, are covered in uh, frankincense, myrrh, um, cloves, allspice, uh, black seeds, uh, you know, black seed oil, all of these kind of things. And, and basically what they do is they strip you down naked and they scrub you, and then they just cover you with all of these um, antifungal, antibacterial oils uh, that have a pleasant aroma. Uh, apparently the El and the, uh, or the Anunnaki, the Elohim, uh, the Devas uh, in India, all of these gods, all these names for the gods, um, all of these people that were the that were spoken of as gods were highly sensitive to smell, and so um, you know they had smell receptors like a dog, in the sense that they could smell stuff that we would not even have a clue about. So anyway, um, the structure of religion relative to the Christians is going to have to change. I'm all for faith. I'm all for a transcendent. Um, creator God, but we're not going to find it in the Bible. It does not exist. Uh, Joseph, the radical rabbi uh, that was uh, removed from the tomb after he'd been taken down off the cross, who we call Jesus, uh, was only Christ when he was anointed, when he was covered in all those oils. It's not a permanent state of being or anything. And all of these mm, concepts that are in uh, the Christian world uh, have no uh, basis in 
the literature that from which they supposedly derived. So basically what happens was that the space aliens arrived here, the Elohim arrived, um, uh, Elyon, the, um, the head dude, the commander of the crew, uh, sliced and diced all the peoples of the planet and gave them to various different uh, individual um, uh, El, individual uh, Eloah, or Elo from the Elohim. Um, so individual Elohim were given vast areas of the planet to rule over and the people thereon. And so Yahweh got the Jews. Another guy got all of the um, Mesoamericans. Another guy got all of the, um, it's all, by the way, all in the uh, band of the tropics. We don't see these gods showing up in the north, right? They just did not. They did not like the cold. Um, anyway, though, so they're all in the, basically in the northern hemisphere, in the, uh, in the, in between the tropic of Cancer and, and um, uh, the equator. So anyway, though, um, when they showed up here, um, they, they gave a whole lot of uh, rules and instructions to the Jewish people on how they should treat their boss, uh, Yahweh. And then that was, was um, extensively edited, extensively edited, and a, um, an illusion or a storyline, a timeline, was crafted out of that later, after the Elohim had left. Uh, to make this transcend, uh, transcendental, transcendentous um, religion exist, uh, which didn't exist. So uh, once the L left, there was a power vacuum in the Jewish community. The rabbis, okay, so rabbis are not like priests. Rabbis are, are judges. They're rule givers, lawgivers. Well, that's because they ruled over those uh, they were like uh, the bureaucracy, and they ruled over whether or not you committed a transgression against Yahweh in the L, and, uh, you know, if, you're, if your life was going to be ended just because you pissed some of them off, that sort of thing. These L are not, not nice people, and they don't think very much of humans, and um, uh, will just deal with us on a whim and go on and, and kill other people and so on. They just simply do not care. We don't rise up enough to um, worry them at all. And then they all left. Well, when they left, as I say, they created a power vacuum. The, um, the Torah and the Mishnah were, were rewritten entirely. Um, so we don't know who wrote the books of the Bible. We don't know who wrote the Torah. We don't have any fucking clue on any of this. We do know who wrote the uh, big chunks of the Talmud, because that's a, um, a Middle Ages kind of a book, uh, books, 63 of them, uh, not cohesive, uh, contradictory, um, just really a, a strange collection of stuff, in my opinion. Anyway, though, um, as I say, Christianity is going to get a big bump in terms of going to have to take a big hit and re-examine itself uh, as we go forward. And as I say, I'm not in favor of, of chucking it. Uh, in terms of a, a religious effort, and I think there's a lot of value there, especially in the aspects of faith and so on. We just don't find any uh, underpinning to support them in our documentation from which it supposedly arrives, because the documentation was all lies and was um, was a narradime. They they created a narradime, uh, created a narrative in order to craft a paradigm that would have you accept the uh, priest class as um, somehow the connection to God you've got to go through, right? So 
before the priest class arose, while the El was here, while the Elohim were here, you had a direct connection with God if you were walking along and you saw one of these fuckers. And um, you didn't need any interpretation or any uh, uh, mediary. You could directly go and talk to them. So it's a different world when you examine what actually was going on. Uh, we're now in the age of Aquarius. This is the age of knowledge. I suspect it will take hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years for um, the whole religion uh, thing to be uh, thrashed out. I also suspect that there's uh, some really shocking information out there awaiting for us that will be dug up either, you know, in um, Antarctica or wherever that will uh, set us off on this examination and uh, getting into a different view of who, who humans are and what happened to our planet about 6,000 years ago. So, uh, basically, that's uh, this discussion about that narrative, okay? So, the narradigm of religion is just that. It is a narradigm. And anybody that professes to be Christian that does not examine the naked Bible is um, basing a religion on a comic book because it's a, it's a crafted corporate piece, uh, all of the Bible as we know it, as, as we've got it at this point. And so, you know, if you really want to know what's going on, go read the Naked Bible. Go see what's in there. And then, you know, be really, especially around me, you know, should beware about uh, uh, making Bible quotes, right? Uh, because I'll just say, nope, not in there. It's just not in there. And they'll say, well, blah, blah. Nope, it's not in there. You know, if you go read the Hebrew from which this was mistranslated, from which this garbage was created. But if you go read the Hebrew, that quote is not in there. And it's like almost any kind of quote you care to think about. Uh, perhaps hundreds of, well, no, no, thousands of lines in the Bible were just made up. They don't exist in the Hebrew version, any way, shape or form attached to that book. Um, anywhere else in the in the in any of the books of the Bible etc right so uh, and if you and I'm having to read uh, okay so it's like it's quite terrible for me because I don't need to, to learn another language but I'm starting to learn to read Hebrew just so that I can get in there uh, because there's going to be a need uh, to understand proto-hebrew which really it's called first tongue and Hebrew derived from it. So it wasn't like they were trying to set out to create Hebrew, it's just that Hebrew came along and, and um, derived from this language, as well as uh, did Greek. Uh, so a lot of the uh, earlier languages came from first tongue, and uh, some of the um, elements in it um, are, there goes another aid car, um, some of the elements in it are um, uh, sort of close to Hebrew that we have currently. So it's, um, anyway, so I've got to shut up here now and go and do my chores, but uh, it's going to be very interesting. And then um, I'll do another one of these on the Neurodyme. Well, we're going to have to really examine religion in many, 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 many different talks, simply because it's such a huge aspect of human society. And it's, it's all basically so fucked up. Anyway, guys, uh, stay woo. Uh, it's not going to get any easier for some time, but it'll be a whole lot more interesting.